Welcome to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. And today, 7th of September, the day this is being released, is the day we have all been waiting for. It is publication day for Sally Rooney's new novel, Beautiful World, Where Are You? So exciting. We're going to discuss all things Sally Rooney today, but don't worry, as always, it will be spoiler free, so this is safe to listen to pre read. So, the reason we read this book before publication day is because we work with Books That Matter, which a lot of you probably know already. But in case of any new listeners, Jess, will you fill everyone in on who they are? I'd love to. So Books That Matter is the UK's leading book subscription box service, bringing female-led fiction and empowerment to thousands of women across the world. You can buy one-off boxes or sign up for a subscription, and each month they have a different themed box costing £17, which includes a book and some goodies. September's box includes a hardback copy of Beautiful World, Where Are You? And oh my God, it's gorgeous. And has a matching tote bag, plus some yummy dark chocolate snacks to munch on while you're reading. And we are giving our listeners a chance to win one for this month only. So there are two ways to enter. If, like me, you get your podcasts on Apple and subscribe, leave a rating and review. And make sure you use your Instagram handle as your nickname on the review. And if, like me, you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, then follow the podcast and share a screenshot on your Instagram stories and tag at Book Records so we can count your entry that way. Entries for the September box are open until Monday the 27th of September and the winner will be announced on our Instagram on Wednesday the 29th of September. If you're listening to this at a later date, then you won't be entered in to win the September Sally Rooney box, but we do a monthly competition with Books That Matter, so still enter and you could win whatever the current month's box is at that time. Okay, so now we've got all that good stuff out of the way, shall we get into the book? Oh God, okay, I, I still don't know if I have my thoughts together. At, yes. the time, at the time of recording, I finished it three days ago and I'm still not really sure how I feel. Well, okay. Before we go any further then, I think we should point out that I'm probably a bigger Sally Rooney fan than you are, Jess, because I absolutely adored Normal People and Conversations with Friends. Have you read Conversations with Friends? No. So no. Lauren gave that as a reco in our Summer Reads episode, so go and listen oh, yeah. to that one. Um, I very much enjoyed Normal People and I will read Conversation with Friends because I want to read it before the TV series comes out because I like to do a little bit of compare Uh I don't actually know if I've ever asked you this, but Lauren, Normal People, did you prefer the book or the series? Oh my God, I don't know. Um, honestly, I loved both. <laughs> and I know it's a bit of a cop-out thing to say, but I think it's really rare for me to like a TV series or think that it accurately reflects a book. But in this case, I I personally think it really did. And I think the casting of Daisy Edgar-Jones and Marion and Paul Mescal as Connell was just so perfect. And for me, they just both totally embodied like the messy and fraught relationship between Connell and Marion. Um, so yeah, I, I love both. Yeah. Agree. Casting was amazing. I like. I know everyone was so obsessed with Connell's chain, but for me, it was all about Marianne's fringe. Like I couldn't get over 
the evolution of that fringe and just never <laughs> seen the fringe her fringe just looks so good I just watched it like this girl's hair is fabulous but um yeah visually the series was stunning but I just found myself walking around the house like really slowly and doing a lot of heavy sighs after watching episodes in a way that the book did not make me really well I think it's funny you say that. I I think it has a lot to do with the time that it came out because it came out in peak lockdown. Mm. And I think everyone was already feeling quite melancholic at the time. And just this was almost like an outlet for me anyways. It like exasperated those feelings and gave you almost like a release for those feelings of just general shittiness of the time of lockdown. So maybe it like just dramatised it, you know? That checks out. That checks out. I mean, I could also be dramatising my thoughts there, but that's what <laughs> I associate with watching it anyways. And I'm also really excited for a conversation with Friends series because, again, the casting just looks so brilliant with Jemima Kirk as Melissa, who I absolutely loved in Girls. And I think she'd just be so epic in the role. So I wonder if Beautiful World will get adapted. Oh, I'm sure it will. Speaking speaking of, shall we actually get into it? Yeah, good idea. <laughs> um, so I should point out that when we buddy read, we often, well, whenever we buddy read a book, we often WhatsApp each other during with like our thoughts as we go along. But in this instance, we have not uttered a word to one another about our thoughts. It's all fresh here today and I genuinely don't know what you're gonna say neither do i lauren so, <laughs> will you please hit it with a synop okay my favorite part alice a novelist meets felix who works in a warehouse and asks him if he'd like to travel to rome with her in dublin her best friend eileen is getting over a breakup and slips back into flirting with simon a man she's known since childhood Alex, Felix, Eileen and Simon are still young, but life is catching up with them. They desire each other. They delude each other. They worry about sex and friendship and the world they live in. Are they standing in the last lighted room before the darkness, bearing witness to something? Will they find a way to believe in a beautiful world? I just think that as a synopsis really summarises just how almost philosophical the book is if that kind of makes sense yeah well I was going to say thanks so much for reading that and like that I I haven't even I went into this without even reading the blurb and knowing it's about I was just like well it's the new Sally Rooney I'm obviously reading it and I genuinely didn't really know how to summarize the part so I'm really glad that you read that thanks so much <laughs> um so when I did pick it up I kind of forgot that Sally Rooney's style is to not use speech marks. And I was a bit thrown and I was like, oh God, yeah, I forgot about this. But good news, I actually looked at the page number of when I realised I wasn't <laughs> anymore. And it was only page eight. So we're all good. We get straight back into it. Only eight pages. But then what was so weird is that the next book I read was Freckles by Cecilia Ahern. Ahern, I think it is actually. Um which came out on the 2nd of September in the UK. And it's also set in Ireland and doesn't use speech. <laughs> I've done the exact oh, same you. thing. I went straight from reading Beautiful World to Freckles. And I think it will now be weird when I pick up my next book to see speech marks again. Would you know what book I think I'm going to pick up next? 
it, I don't know if it has speech marks, but it's another one that's set in Ireland. And I'm like, should I or should I go somewhere else and then <laughs> come back to it? Like, I don't know what's better or worse. Well, in our last episode, we talked about what makes an immediate buy. And for, for us, like what are the three things that the book needs to have? Yeah. And I actually think being set in Ireland makes a book almost an immediate buy for me or like it's a, it's it's onto a winner if it is set in Ireland. I just love books set in Ireland. That's reason. true. You do read more Irish authors than me, but I you do. are also Irish. So that checks out. It might that might have something to do with it. I don't know. <laughs> um, so back onto the rogue writing style or just unique writing style. I actually found it a little bit difficult to read that particular style of writing and I do a lot of my reading at night or like in the evening before I go to bed so my brain's already quite foggy from the day and it has I have to really concentrate to discern what speech and what's narration because there's also a lack of like um paragraphs in the book some pages are just like trawls of word like just a stream of consciousness and it goes from once like you don't know when someone's finished speaking to when the narrator starts talking again it's like they're side by side on the page or when someone new is speaking oh my god yeah Yeah. so you really have to (laughs) concentrate when you're reading it and like you say you get into a rhythm quite quickly but at night time if you're tired you do sort of start reading the the narration in the voice of the character in your head and then you're like oh hold on a minute She's oh, not actually you do speaking. Voices there. in your head. Yeah, I do. Oh, I yeah. Think I, do. I read a book as I would speak it out loud, so that's why I think I'm quite a slow reader because I can't skim read. I hear the words said in my head as I'm reading them. Interesting. Maybe that's why you listen to more audiobooks than I do. Oh, quite possibly. You know, because Gosh, I always have like I need the voice in my head. Yeah. Otherwise, I can't like compute the words quickly. If I skim read a book, I'm like, or like a couple of pages, I'm like, hold on a minute, I have no fucking clue what (laughs) happened. (laughs) I need to read all of this again. Um. So it's all primarily written from the perspective of an unknown narrator who's observing the characters who are Alice, um, Eileen, Simon, and Felix. And at first, I thought. (laughs) <laughs> I thought they all had some kind of creepy stalker who was just watching them from the bushes. And I was like, wow, this is rogue for Sally Rooney. Like, it's quite a creepy feel. But then I just realised, no, no, that's just the style of writing she's gone for. What did you think of the narration, Jess? Because it was quite, I've not read a book that narrates in that way for, well, I can't remember the last time I did. Well, I didn't think the narrator was a creepy stalker in the bushes. That didn't come across to me. But maybe you were giving it a creepy voice in your head. <laughs> maybe. But, like, you know the points where, like, there's a narrator, like, um, describing to you what the characters are doing. Like, two figures meet on a platform and they hug and she whispers something in the his ear and you don't know what they've said. Things like that. So it almost felt like the narrator right. was a person who was looking at them the whole time time intriguing see i i love that we've both just read the same book in the, at the exact same time and we are completely different I you're know. a creepy stalker and i'm me who <laughs> can't figure out how i feel <laughs> but anyway my thoughts on the narration and it there was a particular part where i was like fuck me this is descriptive like did i need to know all this detail but obviously it 
totally adds to the atmosphere. And it's page 252, which is like kind of near the end. So I'm not going to read any of the speech that's in this passage. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can just imagine that this whole bit I'm reading, there's like a few lines of speech. I don't think it'd be spoilers, but I'm just not going to do it in case. So all these different descriptions are interwoven with like conversation. She says, the rattling and scraping of cutlery, the noise of the tap, a fruit crumble warming in the oven. On the table, the remains of the meal, a soiled napkin, sodden leaves in the salad bowl, soft drops of blue white candle wax on the tablecloth. And then goes on and like it just keeps going in the sink, a dirty saucepan, a wooden chopping board. Then the hiss of the spark of the gas burner. Like this is all in the background of while they're having a yeah. conversation. I just was reading it like I'm in that kitchen. Like <laughs> Same. So I know her house inside yeah. out and every scene, every it was like watching a TV series in my head, which is why well, it's just her style of writing, isn't it? Yeah. Another thing that I like found myself noticing about the writing, because you're kind of just like thrown in, like a creepy stalker in the bushes, you're thrown into these like random people's lives, and she she like introduces each character quite visually, like what they look like or whatever. Um, and side note on that, did you immediately whip out your postcard from the books that matter box to see which character it was? Because I did. Um, <laughs> I didn't, and then I saw. I was finishing it last night. I saw the girl's blonde hair on it, in it, and I totally missed that Alice was blonde. So thought she was brunette the whole time. Yeah, I think because I was picturing Daisy Edgar Jones. Again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I kept doing that. But my point that I'm trying to make is not everyone will have a postcard. Is that she kind of introduced what they look like and what their current situation was, or whatever. And then it was only after that that we then got some context about who they are, how they knew each other, what the links of all the relationships was. And I was like, well, thank God you brought me up to speed because I didn't know what was going on there. But I just thought it was really interesting that it did all come and it did all come together, but it wasn't the first thing. Does that make any sense? (laughs) Yeah, kind of. Like (laughs) what they looked like visually was almost more important than who they were and, and why they were together. Yeah, which is so weird serving. because I didn't cling on to what they looked like. I no, I didn't either. Relationships. Yeah, there, there were a number of references to like how slim Eileen was throughout the book. Yeah. Um, but in my head, she wasn't very thin. Oh, yeah, I know. So, I, I, yeah, those descriptions, I was like, oh, yeah, in my head, you're actually a bit different. But everything else aside, like rooms, landscape, scenery, weather. All of those visuals were just so spot on. Yeah, thousand percent. Um, okay, interesting. Well, I, I think that style was nicely broken up with. I think with all those bit like the narration was broken up really well with the emails that went back and forth between Alice and Eileen. Side so note, I had the song come on Eileen in my head the whole <laughs> damn book. I did which not wasn't clock. annoying at all. Pardon? <laughs> I did not clock. Like, <laughs> come on, Eileen. Um, so Alice and come on Eileen's emails were quite heavy. Like, they almost felt like 
they were almost in competition with each other, trying to show off to one another about how philosophical and educated they are. For example, like long emails about what beauty is or consumerism or the, the publishing industry or whether there's a God even. But in hindsight, I think they are both just naturally very inquisitive and curious people. And that's probably why they're friends, because they both love philosophizing topics which can never be proven one way or another so you can just have like endless conversations about them yeah well this is um kind of links to I was I wanted to bring it up but I read a Guardian article with Sally Rooney being interviewed and obviously because the character of Alice is a writer everyone has like already been like oh Sally Rooney's written about herself and the character of Alice Right, And then the fact that they like kind of get into these debates by email linked again to her because I found out that she was in the um, debating society at uni. And and then they also talked about in the article how that's actually apparent in all three of her books that the yeah, characters kind of get into these like political debates. Um, uh, but she, she does say, there was a quote I pulled out, um, I have no appetite writing about myself and things that have actually happened to me so she's like saying no Alice just happens to be a writer because I know about you know writers and, and their lives um but she goes on to say this amazing quote which I think is so good because I'm sure this book's going to get a lot of hate because people expect so much from it like when you're a successful author mm. people expect so much from you so I'm sure, you know, I'm just sure it will because she's made such an amazing name for herself. But then this quote is so cool. It was, um, it's not my job to populate books with particular types of characters that I imagine other people might find relatable. It's my job to write about whatever comes into my head to the best of my ability. If as a reader you want to exercise control over the kinds of things that are depicted in novels, try writing one. That's what <laughs> I did. And it worked for me. If, on the other hand, you just don't want to read novels about writers or women or Irish people, whatever, that's okay. Don't read my novels, I won't mind. <laughs> Fuck, I love her so much. Like, so true. Like, it's her book, she doesn't have shorts. <laughs> yeah, like, it's our podcast, we'll cry if we want to. Yeah. But that kind of got me thinking, like, when I was reading this, because I'm aware that quite a lot of people, this this book has proven to be Marmite for a lot of people. They either love it, love it or they hate it. And I just always think that it's like, we're putting unfair expectations on her. Like, 100%. She's not writing a follow-up to normal people. So this book is going to be different and you're not going to love it as much as normal yeah. people because it won't be normal people. And it got me thinking of like how Harper Lee, after writing To Kill a Mockingbird, couldn't write another book again because there were so many expectations of her to, living up to that first yeah. book that she felt overwhelmed in there and then you know didn't write one or and arguably maybe she still didn't but we've got another episode on that that you can listen to <laughs> yeah that's the audiobook episode I think isn't it yes you're right yeah. yeah um so I love that there's also a bit more about her in um this little magazine that comes in the books that matter box so um either buy it or <laughs> enter the competition and I really enjoyed reading their article on her and her writing style which is why it's really worth getting the box if you haven't already absolutely um so what I personally love most about Sally Rooney's writing style is how her characters are all so unapologetic unapologetically honest about themselves 
Um, so whether it's Marianne in Normal People or Alice or Eileen in this book, they're such strong protagonists because they know their own minds and they have such strong opinions on literally everything. Everything that they know, they have an upon, opinion on it and, and they'll, they're will they willing to argue their opinion to the death kind of thing. Like you've just said, like debating comes up in a lot of Sally Rooney's books and her characters are always very um, politically like what have a, a strong view on politics for example yeah um but they're also really aware of their own flaws and they almost are like proud of their flaws it's like when there's a moment in in beautiful world where eileen tells simon that she likes to be bossed around by him or she gets turned on when he calls her a princess after she's been complaining about something and like those are things that you probably I I can't describe it, but they are, I, they're probably flaws, yes. But it's the fact that her, her characters know themselves so, so well. And that comes across in her writing. Yeah. They're great. such believable characters. They're like these 3D people and you get to know the nitty gritty parts of them, not just the parts that serve the plot, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, they're just like normal people. <laughs> Name of her book. Like, in, you know, they're not like superheroes or or anything. They're just like really normal people. So, yeah, like they're, yeah, they're, they're flawed. They're not, yeah, exactly. Speaking of flaws, I felt very stressed out at one point because there is a bit where two of the characters are talking to each other about the worst thing they've ever done and how. Oh they my feel god! About I knew you were going to say this. I'm going to pause, but go on. Yeah. Well, they just like think about bad things they did in their past <laughs> and. I always recap shitty moments from from like year two, like yeah, so young, like oh, I hid from my friend in the playground. Like Jess, you have to get over it. They probably don't remember. Yeah, um, it's got so much worse in lockdown. Like I couldn't really like I would not go through one day without thinking about like ten different memories from my past where I like felt bad about them. Yeah, so I I knew you were going to say that when I read that part in the book. I was like, this is going to land really well with Jess because I know she does this and I know you've said that to me in the past. Um, but it, like, again, it just makes you feel seen as a person when reading her writing because it's not just you who does that. Like, it's not just you who feels bad about what you did when you were eight years old. No. But th- this character does that, does that too. And when you're like, oh, my God, get over it. It was so long ago. But clearly, like, there's, there's a reason that you still remember it. Yeah, well... I did actually, I remember I shared one of my memories that kept popping back into my head on my stories because it wasn't bad. I was sure to make out like I'm not a horrible person, I don't think. So like all these bad memories aren't that bad. But anyway, <laughs> this one in particular was more like embarrassing and I did put on our stories. So in case you missed that, Jim, um, one time, <laughs> oh God, I, for a charity I used to work for, we went to a freshers' fair um, to tell students about what we do and the charity I worked for had a first edition of Charles Darwin's Origin of Species which to like science students is so damn cool and I was like giving a speech to like 20 students that had all sort of crowd around I was trying to hype them up about Charles Darwin and I called him Charles Dickens <laughs> and it was so embarrassing because only afterwards my colleague was like do you know that you just said Charles Dickens not Charles Darwin <laughs> Same thing. All the time. I was like, these 20 students probably don't even know or care. Yeah, I know. 
but they're um, like the moments that haunt you. Yeah, I just clearly love lit more than science. But Lauren, can you move us on because I'm dying in a hole over here. <laughs> With pleasure. Um, so another thing that I really love about Sally Rooney's writing is how dramatic her characters are and probably yes. a little bit narcissistic too. So, for example, I'm going to read a, a quote from one of Eileen's emails to Alice where she says, where is it? I'm probably thinking about all of this now because I saw Aidan randomly on the street the other day and I immediately had a heart attack and died. <laughs> That's quite like Anne of Green Gables. She's very dramatic. I love her. <laughs> and I just love it so much because I, I know I dramatise things like that in my head all the time. Um, and like when Eileen gets a headache after and she starts like Googling her symptoms and she diagnoses herself with brain cancer. Or she says at one point she cried watching University Challenge because she couldn't answer any of the first round of questions. <laughs> like I just love how dramatic they are and it, I, I think they just like her characters just have a lot of feelings and they feel things very deeply they do but I also kind of get this like I feel like I know her characters very deeply but also like I've only scratched the surface of them like it's so yeah I kind clever. of get what you mean like I, I don't know how she does it like she gives so much of them like we know their deepest darkest secrets but equally like I don't know what their favorite flavor crisp is <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um you've you've actually mentioned the emails quite a few times now and I remember I was reading one towards the end of the book like one of the later ones and I just thought they're actually perfect friends for each other they both think the other one is way more popular and likable than the other and, I, and it kind of reminded me of yeah. our bad choices episode where I remember being like the other one is so obsessed with the other one but they like they're both actually equally put the other one on a pedestal it's really interesting mm. um also like their emails they just get into these lengthy conversations about the world and I just thought if me and you chatted by email in this way it'd be more like anecdotal about our lives and people we knew rather than yeah. like, the late bronze age collapse um but I did find one bit really interesting so I've tabbed it in my book it is I think it was page seven through six oh yeah okay how interesting was this uh she says uh, it's about when plastics became the most widespread material in existence you can actually see the change in process if you look at street photography from before and after 1976 i know we have a good reason to be skeptical of aesthetic nostalgia but the fact remains that before the 1970s people wore durable clothes of wool and cotton stored drinks in glass bottles wrapped food produce in paper and filled their houses with sturdy wooden furniture yeah i really liked that these emails gave me a lot to think about. They so. did. Like that's what the they were why they were so interesting, I think, because they weren't just emailing each other, as you say, like if we were to email each other, it would be like updates on your life. Like this happened, this happened, work's going like this, this is happening here. And if you didn't have any updates, we probably wouldn't email. But their emails weren't to update each other on their lives. Those that when they did, it was sort of secondary to actually what else was in the email yeah should we um maybe like try and be a bit more worldly when we talk to each other now by by whatsapp to be quite honest i find that so exhausting 
Okay. Well, did you have a, a favorite email of theirs or or yes, I had I had a few. Um so there's one quote I highlighted where is it when I started reading it and it wasn't actually until I got to the end of the book and read the back cover that I realized it's the quote from the back cover but it's on page 164 where Eileen says I was sitting half asleep in the back of a taxi remembering strangely that where I go you are with me and so is he and that so long as you both live the world is will be beautiful to me and I just thought that was so beautiful and essentially that's what Sally Rooney is so brilliant at she just creates these really intense relationships between her characters and ultimately the books are about human connection and there's not much plot yeah which is fine we've said before that we love a character driven yeah totally heavy um there is another email where she attaches a pdf of (laughs) audrey lord's essay yes of the erotic and i remembered that we got sent that um by books that matter it was our first box from them in april um they sent us a little book of her work do you remember how i do circle i know and i actually made a note to go and read that essay afterwards because i'm just really curious about what it says yeah um and to go back to their emails then they are constantly alice and eileen are constantly going back and forth um about how as humans we crave love and friendship but in the grand scheme of things there are so many more important things that they feel they should be dedicating their time to for the greater good of the world or or of humanity and there's a quote from page 137 and she's talking about her relationship with Felix and she says You wouldn't believe how long it's taken me to write this paragraph. I feel so frightened of being hurt, not of the suffering, which I know I can handle, but the indignity of suffering, the indignity of being open to it. I have a terrible crush on him and get very excited and idiotic when he shows me affection. So, of course, in the midst of everything, the state of the world being what it is, humanity on the cusp of extinction, here I am writing another email about sex and friendship because what else is there to live for? Love always, Alice. Which kind of summarises their sort of antagonistic attitude between wanting to do something to better the world and for the greater good of the world but also being so tied up in their own lives and pursuits of happiness yeah yeah do you know oh we probably shouldn't talk about the ending actually no we shouldn't okay if you when you read this dm us about the ending guys lauren yes i have such an important question for you oh go on is this book a reco from you for me it's 100% a reco like I don't really understand why people haven't liked it because for me this is like this is Sally Rooney's writing to a T like what do you expect and like I said before it's not a follow-up to normal people so we shouldn't be expecting it to be the same as normal people no but I don't think people are expecting it to be the same as normal people like they're obviously not expecting the same plot or yeah I, I don't know I think it's very different to normal people like normal people has a bit more of a plot than this does this is much more character driven and it's set in a very short period of time whereas normal people is set over the period of several years yeah fair 
Um, but no, I I loved it and I was just so engrossed by the writing and loved all of the descriptions. Um, we were talking in our last episode about um, Jesse Cave's book, Sunset, and how sometimes it's really refreshing to read a book that hasn't got any description It's and it's all sort of narrative um, driven. Whereas this was so different and it was so all of the descriptions and the scenery was so important to the plot and that's why I just bloody loved it that's lovely and what about you jury's still out I don't know I read it I read it really quickly which is a sign of a good book for me like I can tell if I'm not vibing with it because I'm not I'm not going wanting to pick pick it up up. I'm not getting through it quickly so that is a sign of a good book for me but I was also couldn't help feeling a little bit underwhelmed and I don't know why I can't pinpoint it because I love the descriptions I loved that it was like more character based than plot based I just don't know I just don't know how I feel I don't I don't know how to summarize the book I don't know how to summarize my thoughts <laughs> it's obviously a reco because everybody should read her work do you know what I mean like I think it's and I think it, it will be top of bestseller charts because people are buying and pre-ordering because they love her and they've loved her yeah. previous work and so that's great. I'm very happy about that. Yeah. And I know it's so, like like I said from that article earlier, like she's made this incredible name for herself and everybody's going to hold her so accountable. Yeah. But if you don't personally vibe with the book, that is your problem. It is not the author's and people need to remember that. Like, I'm really glad you said that. Yeah, because sometimes I take it really personally when somebody doesn't like a book that I liked. Yeah. <laughs> so, and because I'm like, <laughs> stop disrespecting the author but it's not it's not my problem it's not the author's problem it's just down to taste and you know I mean our platform is not one where we ever share negative reviews so it's recos for recommendations yeah um just keep your bad opinions to yourself but I do get that you know not everyone's it's not gonna be everyone's cup of tea and that's totally fine it doesn't have to be you can still be disappointed um, but I personally wasn't. I personally really loved it. Yeah, I'm really glad you loved it. I know I didn't hate it. I just don't know what I am about it. Yeah. I'm glad I read it is what I am. Like, very glad I read it and glad that the reading experience was enjoyable as it was. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's a spoiler to say that towards the end it is set in lockdown. No, that's what I was like. Shall we talk about the ending? But yeah, I think that's fine. Oh, I thought you meant like... No, yeah, we definitely want to talk about plot, but I do think I thought it was interesting about the lockdown thing. It kind of came out of nowhere, and I was like, "Oh shit, real world." <laughs> yeah, just it. I I'd realised like she didn't have to make that decision because the rest of the plot there's not a huge amount that references what time it's set in. Yeah, obviously it's in the modern world because they have things like Tinder and mobile phones and whatever. But other than that, it's not set in a specific year. So I did think when she then brought it into lockdown, I was like, oh, okay. So she's chosen to do that, not because she's like, oh, fuck, like it's set today, so I need to add in some lockdown stuff. She's chosen to set it in lockdown, which I just think is really, I find it fascinating because we've said this in previous episodes. Um, In fact, it was even bad choices again that the ending is set in lockdown. And we were saying, like, it's just really interesting because it's part of history now. So it will naturally start falling into 
books and and story narratives yeah and I wonder when it will stop shocking me so much like, I know <laughs> why I know. do I get so blown away by it I don't know yeah why is that because I'm the same I was like oh it's lockdown yeah crazy um before we part ways because yeah. we've been discussing this for a while now I just thought we've been we keep referencing normal people assuming everybody has read it so I just wanted to acknowledge that if you're listening to this episode and you haven't read normal people we should like drop the snot oh my god that's my new phrase now drop the snot drop the snot um here in case people are like do I need to read this oh yeah that's a good idea yeah have you got your book in front of you by any chance I can go and get mine if not um let me just bring it up Drop the sonat. I'm a lyrical genius. Lyrical genius? Yes. <laughs> okay, so I've got the synopsis. Here we go. At school, Connell and Marianne uh, pretend not to know each other. He's popular and well-adjusted, star of the school soccer team, while she is lonely, proud and intensely private. But when Connell comes to pick his mother up from her housekeeping job at Marianne's house, a strange and indelible connection grows between the two teenagers one they are determined to conceal a year later they're both studying at trinity college in dublin marianne has found her feet in a new social world while connell hangs at the sidelines shy and uncertain throughout their years in college marianne and connell circle one another straying toward other people and possibilities but always magnetically irresistibly drawn back together then As she veers into self-destruction and he begins to search for meaning elsewhere, each must confront how far they're willing to go to save each other. That's a beautiful blurb. Isn't it? And it, again, spot on. Her blurbs never give much away, give too much away, like we've discussed previously where plots just, you you don't, yeah, lie or then you don't (laughs) need to read the book. But she's like really communicated the power balance between yeah. Connell and Marion and how it flips when they when they go to uni yeah and how they do have their own lives but they can't but they always kind of find their way back to each other yeah great blurb great blurb Rooney well done merci thank you <laughs> and I mean we've said a lot there's still so much more to say on the topic of Sally Rooney and probably this book and probably normal people <laughs> But um, I'm really glad that we've finally discussed one another's thoughts with each other about the book. I know. And I'm so happy that you enjoyed it. I read the whole thing like, I hope Lauren's loving it. (laughs) I did. I really loved it. And it wasn't a letdown for me at all, which I'm really pleased about for myself. Yeah. One bad point is that my other Sally Rooney books are paperback. I know, mine too. I'm really upset. But it is they can't go next back. to each other on my bookshelf, which is really sad. Yeah. I have to fly solo. All right. Um, I'll love you and leave you. It was a joy to talk to you. Have a good rest of your day and happy publication day to Sally Rooney. Woo-hoo! If you buy the book, let us know. Um, and let us know if you use our Books That Matter discount code as well. That is Books Echoes 10. Perfect. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Have a lovely week. Bye.